the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the Daily Show Prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. Headline by one of my favorite writers at Town Hall, Biden considers plan to address high gas prices that would worsen inflation. Needless to say. So, my friends, I have a question for you, which is the title of my column today. I remind you that my column comes out every week. There are literally 1,000 of my columns on the Internet. Most of them are not time-bound, and you could see them all. You can see them all at DennisPrager.com or at TownHall.com or at JewishWorldReview.com, the ones that keep all the, all the past columns. And see, uh, it's be interesting f- f- for your relatives and friends who dismiss me to see how many times I was right and how many times I was wrong. So here's my riddle, as it were. What do men give birth and defund the police have in common? Letting you think. Shauna's stroking his beard, but he's not thinking. He's only stroking his beard. Oh, you know the answer. Oh, that's fair. So the answer is, and they have they have this in common, and therefore they're they're truly similar. They both lead to chaos. That's it. I have mentioned this on a number of occasions that the end game, though not consciously, of the left is chaos. The question is, what animates people to want chaos, to hate the the present order, as it were? When I was in graduate school, uh, I studied under one of the few teachers I, I respected. I remember, was it Ismar Shorsh? No, no, he, he, he did a different course. No, it was a Hungarian, actually, a Hungarian-American. I want to, I want to find his name and, and give him credit. He, uh, he said something that as soon as I heard it, I knew it was true, and it has remained dominant in my thinking. People do not, m- m- not all people, many people 
come to their positions, their political, philosophical, social, socioeconomic positions for psychological reasons, not because they have thought the issue through. That explains the left, not liberals. Liberals have their own issues, and that is why they don't oppose the left, which hates liberalism. Why do people want to create chaos? Why do they hate order? So on a number of occasions I have told you how much I respect Douglas Murray and his latest book. You have heard my hour-long interview with him twice. It's one of the rare times I replayed an hour. And I'm... I had not yet read the book. It had just come out. I am now in the middle, or maybe I've read two-thirds. So you will find this of interest, the importance of resentment. This is truly an ultimate issues topic, but it doesn't matter. It's so, it so explains so much. People who resent others will almost inevitably do bad things. It it apparently overwhelms people. That is why the final of the Ten Commandments is about resentment. The Ten Commandments is genius. At the risk of my own dignity, I beg you to read my Bible commentary because it is meant to explain life and to understand the present crises. The Bible, especially the first five books, is the guide. The Ten Commandments is genius for so many reasons. So here is an interesting observation about the Ten Commandments you probably have not encountered. There are two tablets, and they go right to left because Hebrew goes right to left. So the first five are on the, are on the well, it's interesting, you know, it just occurred to me, the first five are on the right tablet facing me, but in Moses' hands they would be on the left. So they're in fact illustrated wrong all the time. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. The right to the right tablet, whether it's the right tablet facing others or uh, on the holder of the tablets. The right tablet is one to five. The second tablet has six to ten. Six to ten are about how we treat our fellow human beings. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, uh, do not steal, do, do not bear false witness, and do not covet whatever belongs to your neighbor. The first five, tab- the first five commandments are between the human being and God. Well, except, well, actually, the fifth is, is remarkable. It shows how important it is. It is about honoring your mother and father. So, 
you can say that that too is between humans and uh, humans, except that honoring parents is a vehicle to honoring God. But the second five are about moral, ethical issues, and they rest, almost literally rest, six, seven, eight, and nine rest on ten. Ten is resenting what your neighbor has. We have a video up at PragerU by George Gilder, one of the greatest living thinkers. As much honor as he has had, he deserves ten times the amount of honor. When I think that Ibram X. Kendi is honored by the mainstream media and Boston University as a thinker, and George Gilder is not, you almost have a a perfect microcosm of the intellectual inadequacy of everything mainstream. He's, he has a video up called The Israel Test. It's brilliant. It is just brilliant. He, he's not a Jew. He, it has nothing to do with the Bible or, or, or Jews as the chosen people or anything theological. It has to do with, do you resent those who succeed? The Arab world resents Israel. The left resents America. And it is all about resentment. So you tear down that which has succeeded. Western art has been a pinnacle of humanity. It's music, it's it's graphic arts, it's architecture. And all of that, everything is torn down by the resenters. Left and resenter are synonymous. If you have someone in your family who resents the ones in your family who have done well, and I don't only mean financially, done well, they've had a stable life, they've they've made a family, for example. They have friends, they, they're happy. How often have I said the unhappy so often resent the happy? Men give birth and defund the police are the resenters' mottos to tear all down, to create chaos. If there are no police, you have chaos. If there's no difference between men and women, you have chaos. It comes from, among other things, resentment. One eight Prager 776. The Dennis Prager Show. Rising interest rates, stock volatility, out-of-control inflation. People are concerned about what the future holds financially. This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. There's no better time than the present to move a portion of your IRA into precious metals. Gold and silver IRAs are more popular than ever, and dealers are advertising heavily for your business. You should know there's a right and a wrong way to set up your precious metals IRA. Mistakes could cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars in IRS fines. Nick Grovitt 
Rich, man I completely trust, owner of Amfed Coin and Bullion, has agreed to send you a concise report about how to set up your IRA and how to get the best bang for your buck. Nick and his team will be happy to help you set up your precious metals IRA or review your current account. Call Amfed Coin and Bullion, 800-221-7694 for your free IRA report and all your precious metals needs. AmericanFederal.com. That's AmericanFederal.com. So my column today is about what do... What do men give birth and the fund the police have in common? They lead to chaos. Do you have any happy leftists in your family or among friends? I'm not talking liberals. Happy leftist? Happy woke person? I bet... The answer is no. This is all sparked by resentment. Leftism is organized resentment. It's the opposite of gratitude, to which you know how how much important importance I attach. It's so clear. That's why it's very hard to know what you can do to solve the problem of evil. Every single movement, every single political movement of the 20th century that became genocidal was built on resentment. It's quite quite an insight and quite an important point. Some people are born, born with it. And what the left does is stoke resentment. Oh, you're a female? Oh, my God, you live in this patriarchy. You live in a misogynist society. You are on a campus uh, that is uh, rape culture. What happened to the rape culture charges? They seem to have uh, dissipated somewhat. Why is that? There's, there's, they're, not, they're no longer rape cultures that changed in the last few years? Maybe because th- there were no students at college. Yeah, no students, no rape. Rape culture. To raise children, to raise young people to be angry, that is what, uh, what is his name, that uh, fool at the, uh, Charles M. Blow, that's what he does, he admits it. He tells his children, he's, he's, a, he's a black lefty at the New York Times, that the man is a resentment machine. Oh, my son, you poor thing, you're black. You have to know how whites think about you. He's a sick man. I feel bad for his child. The only reason I mention his child is because he did. I, would, I wouldn't talk about somebody, uh, somebody's children if the person didn't talk about the child. You're, oh, you're a female. Oh, you poor thing. Oh. I wonder if it's not part of the uh, partial reason for this explosion of girls saying they're boys. That way they, they've gone from the oppressed 
to the oppressor. wonder if that might dissuade any girl from becoming a, uh, a male. You know, you're, you're becoming one of the oppressors. What is the latest theory that is out today? Oh, yes. They're, they have been told so often that being white is to be scummy that they want to stop being who they are. It's an interesting theory in, in the great journal called the City Journal. I haven't read it yet. I only, I only, it just came out. But that's what kids are taught. It is impossible to overstate the error parents are making by letting their kids attend a regular school, in most cases. I feel bad. It, 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 I have warned about this all of my adult life. Parents are at war with society. And certainly at war with the schools that their kids go to. How often have I said you get a, a, a BA in ingratitude, you get a master's in ingratitude, you get a PhD in ingratitude? I didn't use the word resentment, but I, I like the, the word as much as I like the word ingratitude, don't you? It's, 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 a, it's a resentment What shall I say? A, a, a resentment degree. That's what you get, a resentment degree. There is so little to resent in this country. And that is a, a big factor. So when you tear down what is good, what do you get? You get bad and you get chaos. It's amazing to read how Hillary Clinton has denounced those who said defund the police. Oh, we're just going to give the elections to the Republicans. Did you see that uh, for the Hillary Clinton? There's, there's a moral and intellectual giant for you. <laughs> Do you know, I admit to you, uh, and I say I admit because I'm, I'm somewhat ashamed of it, but uh, nevertheless, in my commitment to personal transparency, whenever I see these these people in the Democratic Party, the, the politicians, the mayors, the governors, not to mention this president and vice president, I think, how, how did they get made? How are these people made? How did this wonderful country not compared to utopia, but compared to other countries. How did it produce so many awful people? How, how did that happen? Gavin Newsom is... It, it's, it's, so, it's so, to use the word again, he's so transparent. I mean, there's nothing there. There is nothing there. You should all listen to his interview when he was lieutenant governor. He had a long dialogue with Adam Carolla. You, you, you will see the intellectual void that is there.
Folks, I'd like to tell you about a helpful software app. It's called Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R. If you're trying to grow a business, time is precious. Imagine if you could streamline all your routine operation tasks, lead management, employee onboarding, or even customer support. That's where the awesome power of Zapier comes in. It makes it easy to connect all your apps, automate routine tasks, streamline your processes. It frees up your time to prioritize customer and client needs. Zapier makes it easy for anyone to get started with business automation. No coding required. Easily connect 4,000 of the most powerful apps businesses use every day. Google Sheets, QuickBooks, thousands of easy-to-use templates. The average Zapier user saves over $10,000 in recovered time every year. Over 1.8 million people and businesses use it. See for yourself why thousands of other companies use Zapier every day to automate their business. Try it for free. At Zapier.com, Z-A-P-I-E-R.com slash Dennis, Zapier.com slash Dennis. Hi everybody, Dennis Prager here. This is a very difficult subject I'm about to approach with a man I have great respect for as a colleague, as a human being, Brandon Tatum. He has a daily national show with Salem, as I do. And it is the Officer Tatum Show. He is, he has been a police officer. Before I say anything, I just want to, I know that Brandon Tatum knows this, and I know that most of you know it, but for those of you who don't, I, I have been defending the police for years. I do believe 100%. They are the thin blue line between barbarity and civilization. I think they failed in Uvalde, and uh, everything I read suggests that, but Brandon Tatum has a different take, and it's important that I hear it and that you hear it. So, Brandon, with that introduction, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dennis. I appreciate the kind words, and thank you for having me on. So... Take the, the, take this from the Daily Mail. Why didn't they go in? Chilling first image from inside Texas school shows cops with rifles and ballistic shields in corridor 19 minutes after gunmen entered, but they waited another hour to storm the classroom. Is that incorrect? Well, I think it's not a complete uh, synopsis of what exactly happened. You know, when, when I read these stories and they say the officers didn't go in, they don't go through and explain why. They don't give a synopsis of what was the door situation. They paint the picture as if they just sit, stood there and they could go in and they should have went in and the door was wide open and they could have gone in and killed the guy. I don't think that that's the totality of what happened. I think that there's, there's a lot more nuance to it. It appears, in my opinion, that they believe that they couldn't get through the door. They did not have a way to breach the door. There was a search for keys to the door. And it's not as simple as most people think that you could just run through the door and it magically opens and you, you kill a suspect whom you can you probably cannot see uh, given the conditions. It's, it's a lot more to it, Dennis. And, and I think that people are emotional and they rush to judgment because of the, the visceral experience of thinking about children being killed, thinking about images that they see without understanding the, the full context. Okay, so give me the full context. Yeah, so all of the reports that we have, and we don't know what the truth is because none of us have seen the actual video, 
of what happened. But based on reports, the, sh- the shooter shot his grandmother, went to the school, shot at the funeral home. So police are responding to two different shootings, not even including the school. He goes into the school and he has unfettered access to kids through an open door that gets him into the building and an open door that gets him into the particular classroom where he begins to shoot for about two minutes unobstructed. He shot over 100 rounds into that classroom before cops ever were able to respond and confront him. The initial reports show that they tried to confront him. They tried to get to the door where they believe he was at. He begins to shoot at the police. They retreated, called for backup. And then there was this period of time where we don't know exactly what happened. Um, the Uvalde police chief is saying that he was trying keys, waiting for reinforcement. Um, the media is reporting that they did nothing. Um, but apparently these doors are secured and they're not made to be opened by anybody unless you have a key or you have some type of a breaching tool. So from the information that I have and the information that's out there available, it appears that the police officers believe that this door was impenetrable and they needed to have either a key or breaching tools in order to get behind the door. That took a, a significant amount of time, given the fact that tactical teams were responding from anywhere from 50 miles, 40 miles away to get to the scene and put together a team to go in and take out the shooter. To me, a layman, it seems odd that police are in a school where kids are being shot and they're looking for keys. It, it, it almost seems like a, a parody of crime stopping. You mean if police don't have keys to a door where people are being massacred, they can't get in? Right. I think that this is the this is one of the uh, the things that they're going to have to go back and look at and refine, because according to the information that's provided, the Uvalde police, it's Uvalde Consolidated ISD has a police department just for the schools, and they only have six officers, and Chief Arredondo mans those six officers. According to reports, the school did not give police keys to the rooms, which they should have. have they should have keys to the room. So basically, the worst case scenario occurred. Those doors are made to lock and not be open. They have an automatic lock mechanism on them, and they're impenetrable. Let me me come back to you. Brandon Tatum, who, of course, uh, is or has been a police officer, will will be back. 1-8 Prager 776. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and lotiony in the store, but you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at My Pillow found that out around 2006 and towels changed forever. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. And that happens to be true. I use them. They are all made with USA cotton, and they come with the MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. Six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths. Regularly $109.99, now $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels, by entering the promo code Prager or call 800-761-6302 for these great radio specials. MyPillow.com, promo code Prager. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here talking about a very, very painful subject. Painful 
for two reasons. One is the loss of all these children at the Uvalde school. If you look at the pictures, which I did finally, I, I wasn't able to look at the pictures of the kids actually till this break. This was the first time. And it's, uh, it's very, very difficult. So that's the obvious tragedy. The other tragedy uh, is the lack of response, which I'm, I'm now discussing with Brandon Tatum, the ex-police officer who has a wonderful talk show of his own on the Salem Radio Network, as I do. So your argument, if I understand it correctly, is they simply were unable to open the door to the schoolroom. Is that correct? Well, my, my argument is uh, is that we're perceiving these things in hindsight. I believe at the time, these officers were alluding to the fact that they believed the door was locked and secured and they weren't able to open it without a key or a breaching tool. And there's reports that have come out that says that now that they know that the door may have had a malfunction and that they may have been able to get into the door. So the argument that, that I'm making and I, and I want people to understand is that there's a difference between actions on scene live and hindsight. And in hindsight, I think people could argue that police made mistakes that were costly. On scene, I don't think that's what the perception was. I don't believe, based on the information that I have, that officers were just standing there doing absolutely nothing, and they knew they could do something, but they refused to. That just does not seem to match up with the evidence that's presented. However, what people are doing is they're looking back at the situation on what we know now. At the time that they know that there was 21 kids or 21 people in that classroom, at the time that they know that the door may not have latched like it was supposed to, you know, all of these things are hindsight perspective. And I'm my whole goal is to get people to realize that we're looking at this in hindsight. There are things that should have been improved and things that could have been done differently. And also, I think that people are placing an incredible amount of blame on policing when if you want to blame somebody, you can blame everybody because there was no way in the world that that school should have not had a door that was secured. The doors are created and made and designed so that people cannot get into the school to to children in case of an emergency and leaving the back door completely open, allowing a shooter to get into the school. And then the classroom door is completely open which allowed a shooter to get into the classroom where students were at and allowed him to shoot and kill students for two minutes straight before police ever arrived, I believe was a, was a hindsight failure as well. But the blame seems to be specifically and inclusively on policing. When there was such a broad response, you had Uvalde police officers that responded initially. Then you had outside agencies from U.S. Marshals, Texas Rangers, DPS, uh, County, Uvalde County, Uvalde PD, Uvalde ISD. You had all of these different agencies responding and to blame every cop that showed up at the scene as a complete failure, I think it's a very unreasonable, um, I guess, accusation to make. I think once we figure out all the evidence, we can then pinpoint, okay, this officer and this group of officers made the wrong decision. Not the officers who showed up 40 minutes later 
because they came from Del Rio or they came from some other county that's an hour away and they were they were doing containment. They had a containment position or they were doing, you know, rescue positions. Here's one thing that I think people don't talk about. And this is why I feel like the media is drumming up something to create more division. They don't talk about the fact that there was 500 kids or so who were rescued from the school. They don't talk about the fact that there was also kids that were alive in the room with the shooter that had, that were brave, they were hiding, they were playing dead, the shooter somehow missed them, and they were also rescued from the classroom. According to DPS, a few children that made the phone calls, they called in and those kids were rescued. And the media is, is making the blatant decision to create division in a situation that's so traumatizing to so many people. I wish that the reports would have come out and said, this is a terrible situation. There's a lot to be learned. Let's not place blame. Let's get to the bottom of what happened and then we can start holding people accountable. But the problem is that they don't even talk about the fact that the school was completely wide open for this killer to go in and he literally shot and killed people for two minutes straight. He shot over 100 rounds into those two classrooms unobstructed and anybody that know anything about uh, rifle ballistics there was no surviving being shot with an ar-15 for two minutes i would argue that majority of the children that had lost their lives and teachers they were all killed potentially within the first two minutes of the incident and the police response and the lack of going in and going out could have been you know it could have yielded to be negligent for maybe one kid or two kids, but most of the kids were already murdered. I mean, if you look at any reports, and I know this is graphic, and a lot of people may not want to hear this, so if you if you got a weak stomach, you may want to turn the radio down, but according to reports and witnesses, these children were decapitated. These children were eviscerated. Five, five, six rounds traveling at a, a tremendous speed at point blank range, hitting teachers and children multiple times, it, it, there's no surviving that. And I wish that we would be collective as a community and say our hearts go out to the to the children of Uvalde. Our hearts go out to the parents. Our hearts go out to the law enforcement officers who had to endure this. I don't believe that they were acting in cowardice. I believe in many cases some of them were. Oh, I lost a connection here. He's frozen. Right. We we have a half-life with Skype here. <laughs> all right. It's very important that you hear all sides on this matter. We'll be back in a moment. I'm speaking with Brandon Tatum, the Officer Tatum Show on the Salem Radio Network. The Dennis Prager Show. Hello, my friends. Dennis Prager here. David Harsani has an important piece in The Federalist about the clean energy preoccupation. Some, some facts that you might want to know. The, the policies of Germany, unlike France, for example, which gets 60% of, of its electricity from nuclear power, which is completely clean, but the environmentalist movement, which is a, as fanatical a movement as the Western world has ever seen, uh, is opposed to nuclear power as well. You know, I keep reading 
about technologies to extract carbon dioxide, for example, from the atmosphere or to block some of the ultraviolet rays of the sun and thereby in- inhibit the the global warming that is taking place. And it's an interesting and important question. Let us say we had the technology to remove carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. Would the Greens, the fanatical movement of the dedicated to the destruction of the Western world's economy, and therefore the Western world, would they support that technology? What do you think? I don't know the answer, but I but the fact is I asked the question. I don't think they would. You don't think they would. So I've asked... Any fossil fuel, any... Right, because then we could use fossil fuels, which we have in abundance, and to keep energy, which is the the way in which civilization functions materially, going. But they're opposed to that. It's, it's all emotional. It's completely emotional. These are children. These, these are people who have not grown up. Do you know of a grown-up environmentalist? Do you think of Al Gore? Do you think of a mature man? Just as an example, is he, he embodies uh, this movement. Or John Kerry. John Kerry is a, is a troubled soul, and it always has been. He's a mean soul. What he said about his fellow soldiers in Vietnam, which made him a hero of the left. He who craps on Americans goes very far in Massachusetts and other Democratic strongholds. The nominee of the Democratic Party, wow, for president. They they don't want fossil fuels used. But what if we have the technology to remove carbon dioxide from the atmosphere? Also an interesting question, how much would they remove? Because obviously we need it to live. Plant life, plant life needs carbon dioxide. The policies in Germany have created the highest global electricity prices per household in the world. Remember my motto. Some of you are already saying it. Germany is always wrong. It's astonishing. It is an astonishing record since the late 19th century. Germany is always wrong. I don't know why. The idiot gene seems to have affected the German nation, which is also the nation that gave us Bach, Beethoven, Schubert, Schumann, Haydn, and, it's, and some of the greatest poets, and, and it's fascinating. It's certainly not true for all Germans, but it is true for Germany. And this is a perfect example. I asked my producer during the break, why aren't Germans protesting? They're paying the highest rates for electricity on earth. And many can't afford it. it. It's called energy poverty. I don't remember the German word, but they actually have a term. It's called energy poverty. 
German households in 2019 were paying 34 cents per kilowatt hour. In the United States, we pay 13 cents per kilowatt hour. So it's it's they pay three times the amount for for energy. That is the average German. The price of energy has doubled since 2000 when Germany first mandated decarbonization, an effort that forced energy companies to purchase long-term inefficient renewables at high fabricated prices. It has meant the burning of coal. Did you know that, folks? It is so bad now that Germany has gone back to burning coal. Even before Russia began cutting off supply, Germany was more reliant on coal than the United States. This week, Germany's economy minister, Robert Habeck, or Habeck, I'm sure it is in German, who earlier this year rejected a European Union label of nuclear energy as green. Isn't that amazing? Germany is always wrong. There's another example. The energy minister of Germany rejected the EU labeling of nuclear power as green? You can't get greener than nuclear power. But he announced that in an effort to avoid future gas shortages because cars can't run on wind, the government would incentivize the use of more coal-fired power plants. Now you'll say, ah, as Elizabeth Warren does, this proves we should all be driving electric cars. That would solve the problem. I read to you last week the way lithium batteries are made, the amount of energy needed to make lithium batteries, the amount, the human sacrifices made in order to mine lithium and then to make lithium, the lithium battery that is a thousand pounds and makes the electric car possible. I don't know if there's a moral argument for electric cars. The transition to green that Germany began 30 years ago has not worked. In 2000, Germany obtained 84% of its energy from fossil fuels. So here is my question. This is to Sean. Ready, Sean? You now represent millions of listeners. So you have a heavy burden. That's right. He's holding his head as he should. In 2000, Germany obtained 84% of its energy from fossil fuels. It went on a massive campaign to greenize Germany and to charge a fortune for fossil fuel energy. So what did they achieve in 19 years? In other words, it was 84% of its energy from fossil fuels in 2000, What was it 20 years later? What percent? It went from 84 down to... Very good guess. But if you're right, that's pathetic, isn't it? He said 77. It's 78. So why why, why are you... He's applauding himself. He should go to the punishment room. Ah, that's great. Who just applauded that you go to the punishment room? Rick, you're an asset to the show, Rick, I just want to say. Of course, Sean might drop the E.T., but that's 
we'll just continue. <laughs> Not amazing. <laughs> it went to seventy-eight <laughs> percent. Oh, Václav Smil. Yes, I remember. He's he's one of the world's experts on energy. And and he's not right or left, if I'm not mistaken. Pointed out a couple of years ago, at this rate, Germany would still be deriving 70% of its energy from fossil fuels by the year 2050. With a move back to coal in 2022, it will be later than that, if ever. People need People need causes. The left is a product of rich, white males. Like Tom Steyer, doesn't know what to do with his billions. Wants to make a moral name for himself. 90, 95% of you never heard of him. I guess that didn't work. The emptiness that pervades the elite. Emptiness. All right, we continue. I want to talk to you about Portland, Oregon when we come back. I'm Dennis Prager. The Dennis Prager Show. Uh, Sean got me the German word. Where is the German word here? Energiewende. Uh, Energiewende. I don't know where the where the emphasis on, but that's that's what it is. Energy poverty, but it's it means energy turnaround. To be literal. All right. Daily Mail. Portland resembles an open-air drug market after legalizing drugs. The streets of Portland resemble an open-air drug market after state officials schemed to decriminalize hard drugs led to a surge in overdose deaths. Law enforcement agents say that the streets of Portland are full of homeless addicts openly buying and selling drugs and that signs of drug addiction are actually increasing statewide. Photos show the desperate situation in the liberal Pacific Northwest city where people can be seen shooting up drugs or passed out in broad daylight. The dreadful scene comes 16 months after ballot measure 110, which passed with 58.8% support, decriminalized hard drugs in the Democrat-run state. Oregon was the first state in the U.S. to decriminalize possession of personal use amounts of heroin, methamphetamine, LSD, oxycodone, and other drugs. After voters approved the ballot measure in 2020 to decriminalize hard drugs. Drug overdose deaths in the state hit an all-time high in 2021 with 1,069, a 41% increase from 2020. And of the 1,885 people who received tickets for personal possession in the first year, 91 of them, meaning 1%, called the hotline, according to its nonprofit operator, Lines for Life. Portland is just one of several Democratic-led cities blighted by rampant open-air drug abuse, 
Recent images and videos of the streets of San Francisco show, show loiterers using drugs in full view, car break-ins, aggressive shoplifting, homeless encampments, and fouling of pavements with human excrement, none of which seem to bother the left. Everything the left touches it ruins. There is no exception to that rule. There hasn't been in a hundred years. It's a destruction machine. This, the symbol of the left should be a shark. Devours everything in its path. And it's certainly devouring your children. Fentanyl is killing so many young people in this country. That you, the, I... I have a question. Maybe my producer has a theory on this. Fentanyl was produced in China. It's smuggled into the country largely from Mexico. It is not overdosing that kills so many young people. It is fentanyl specifically. George Floyd had fentanyl in this system. He was not breathing because of fentanyl, not because of the officer. He was not breathing, if you see the video prior to the officer. He was not breathing, or having difficulty, I should say, breathing, before there was any knee on him. If you watch the full video, by the way, you will see how nicely they tried to have him enter the police car, and he refused. The whole George Floyd thing has been exaggerated in order to show the police officers as evil. If you see the entire video, they did not act in an evil way. Except I fully acknowledge, I don't see why there was a knee on his neck while he was having difficulty breathing, whether it was from the knee or from fentanyl. I, I agree. I don't have an answer to that. Although that is standard police policy. I do remind you that they were never charged with racist actions. It had nothing to do with George Floyd's race. The The amount of dishonesty in the whole George Floyd issue is par for the course for the left. George Floyd is a hero. Abraham Lincoln is a villain on the left. That's somewhat all you need to know. About the left. The breakdown of our major cities is is remarkable. I read almost every day of another random killing, beating, shooting, stabbing in New York City. Random. That's what people most fear. It's horrible if if some jealous ex-boyfriend is engaged in in murder. It's it's pure evil. But when it's random, it means it it can happen to anybody. That's what people fear the most. <laughs> Matthew in Lansing, Michigan. Hello. Yeah, Dennis, honor to speak with you. I want to say this thing about men giving birth. If that's true, why weren't they giving birth 100 years ago? 
You don't have to go 100. How about 20 years ago? Yeah, exactly. This whole thing is about separating the woman from the man. If they divide the woman and the man, they destroy the family structure, and they create more dependence on, upon government and more uh, chaos. That's right. Can't argue with that. The uh, International Swimming Federation has finally announced that biological men cannot compete against biological women. Remarkable thing that it's just happened. Now the fascinating thing is how many women swimmers are saying that was the right thing to do. They wouldn't do it before for fear of being ostracized in their own sport. Hi, everybody. It's the Ultimate Issues Hour. I'm Dennis Prigger. The third hour every Tuesday is about some great issue of life. This time, the subject was actually discussed. I actually discussed it in the first hour. It is of such overwhelming importance, and I have never used this term. I've used so many other terms to describe sources of evil, and this one is huge. The War Against the West by Douglas Murray has a chapter on this very subject, and it is the essence of the left. It is the psychological and philosophical social principle that animates so much of leftism, resentment. So that is the topic, resentment. Let me read to you from Douglas Murray here in The War Against the West. All right, let's see. Let me find it for you. It's, it's a complex process of looking through a whole book. And here we go. What is it that drives that evil? Talking about the line between civilization and barbarism is paper thin. Let me, let me go back a sentence. Just as the line between civilization and barbarism is paper thin, let me, let me just say a word about that sentiment of Douglas Murray's. I, I have spoken about that all the time. One of the shocks of the early 20th century was that Germany unleashed the death camps, Auschwitz and others, uh, unprecedented in human history, m- murder camps. The, the, the entire purpose was to murder every child, every parent, every grandparent, every, every human who was identified as a Jew. The, 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 there's always been massive killings, but the creation of death factories like this was more or less unprecedented. And it it was done by Germany, the place that everyone, including Jews, identified with civilization. The great universities, the great scientists, 
the great musicians, the great artists. They, Germany led European culture in many ways. It was very, I was very young when I read, how did the country that produced Beethoven and Bach produce Auschwitz? I have answers to that, but it's not the the point of this particular Ultimate Issues Hour, so I won't address that issue. It's worth addressing, obviously. I only raise the German issue because of the point made by Douglas Murray that the line between civilization and barbarism is paper thin. We saw that in, in 2020, the amount of barbarism that took place for half a year, saluted by the left, organized by the left, done by the left, which includes the elites of this country. The higher your education, the more you supported not just the protests, but the violence as well. It was revolutionary violence. The medical profession said that the protests during the time that they demanded lockdowns and masks, they said, oh, it's okay that people are protesting in such numbers because American racism is a health issue. The utter corruption of the medical profession is one of the worst features of the last two years. It is as corrupt as the FBI, the CIA, the Democratic Party. It is corrupt. The American Medical Association should disband. The line between civilization and barbarism is paper thin. He continues, so it is a miracle that anything at all survives, given the fragility of all things, plus the evil and carelessness of which men are capable. He continues, Douglas Murray, in the war against the West. What is it that drives that evil? Many things, without doubt. But one of them, identified by several of the great philosophers, is resentment, or resentiment. That sentiment is one of the greatest drivers for people who want to destroy, blaming someone else for having something you believe you deserved more. Blaming someone else for having something you believe you deserved more. As I noted in hour number one, the genius, the utter and total transcendental genius of the Ten Commandments. The Tenth Commandment is do not resent. You could redefine the Hebrew, which is indeed to covet, covet anything that belongs to another. You should have it. Why does he have it? Why does she have it? You should have it. That's right. White privilege is the lie of resentment. That's what it is. That's all it is. Among those who have been interested in the question of resentment was Friedrich Nietzsche. By the way, Nietzsche is wildly misunderstood. People think he was a Nazi philosopher. He was nothing of the sort. 
It is alarming how specifically he diagnoses the type. At one point he writes that any psychologist who wishes to study the subject must recognize that, quote, this plant, that is resentment, thrives best amongst anarchists and anti-Semites today. Isn't that interesting? What was German anti-Semitism, if not resentment of the Jews? The Jews did well. There were a lot of poor Jews. Most Polish Jews were impoverished, for example, and yet they were exterminated. But the, the, the Jewish people were successful in the eyes of Germans, in the eyes of many. And that's a big part, not at all the entirety, of anti-Semitism, resentment that Jews have this successful life, not just monetarily, family-wise and communally-wise and so on. Look at the five-minute video at PragerU called The Israel Test. I'll read to you from George Gilder. It's a perfect example of resentment. That is what all of this white hatred is about. The white Anglo-Saxon Protestant produced the greatest society ever made in human history. The left resents the wasp for doing so. I say this as a Jew, so I don't have an axe to grind. I'm not an Anglo-Saxon Protestant. I'm an East European Jew in my, in my, among my uh, predecessors. But the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant produced the greatest country ever made, and for that the scum hate them. It is always just as the scum hated the Jews in Germany. The the anti-white hatred, the anti-Christian hatred in America is very analogous to the anti-Semitism in Europe. What is it? No, no good deed goes unpunished. Statues of Lincoln are torn down. One of the greatest men who ever lived. The father of the emancipation of blacks from slavery in America. And the, uh, the left resents him. Mm, this is very important stuff. You're welcome to call 1-8-Prager-776. 1-8-Prager-776. Resentment is the root of most evil, not all. Certainly much of modern, well, not just modern evil, actually, historically. Cain and Abel. It's familiar to fewer and fewer Americans because it's a Bible story and the sophisticated don't read the Bible. They read the New York Times. What a swap. (laughs) And Cain and Abel, both their brothers, they both bring a sacrifice to God. And Cain brings a a more precious sacrifice than, uh, Abel brings a more precious sacrifice than Cain. And God 
in some way expresses his awareness of who brought more meaningful sacrifice. And King is very angry. He resents Abel. The reason I'm telling you the story is this is not new. <laughs> Resentment is has been the root of evil for all of history. All he had to do, Cain, was bring a better sacrifice next time, and then there would have been no issue. But no, he decided instead to resent his brother and kill him. Sean, get the, uh, get the PragerU video, The Israel Test, by George Gilder, and I would like people to hear the beginning of George Gilder's video. It's one of the first ones made of the 500 five-minute videos we have up at PragerU. And, and it, it's, it's brilliant in, in, in its succinct explanation of the concept of resentment. I bet you in your family you have. No, the Israel test. I'll bet you in your family you have an instance of somebody who resents the, uh, the a more successful brother or sister. By the way, successful doesn't always mean makes more money. Here's George Gilder, the great, 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 great philosopher in the PragerU video, The Israel Test. He is not a Jew, by the way. How do you respond to people who excel you in invention, creativity, and wealth? Do you envy them? Do you feel their success somehow diminishes you? Or do you admire what they've achieved and try to emulate it? These questions sum up what I call the Israel test. In the 1880s, okay, European perfect. Jews the, the, this was the, All right, we'll, we'll leave it where it is. We may come back. That's the whole, that's the question. That's right. Those who have done well with their lives. The Arab hatred of the, of Israel is theological and it is also resentment. They went to the same place and they made the desert bloom and they made an incredibly thriving democracy and the Arab states around them did not. They remained mired in poverty and corruption and dictatorships. So what do you do? Do you say, hey, you know what? L- let's emulate them or let's kill them. And resentment says, let's kill them. And that is that is what is taking place in the United States. The left resents the success of the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant or now the white Catholic or the white anything. Instead of saying to the non-whites, hey, listen, they really made a beautiful society here in America. Maybe those values of hard work, of marriage before children, of religious practice each week, maybe these are really good things for everybody to emulate. No, let's tear them down. You don't have to emulate the good things that have been done by 
by the founders of America. You have to crush the founders of America and those who look like them. This is the scummy message of the left, which, of course, is pure resentment. It's typical of the hater, of the nothings of the world, and they, uh, they, they are only hurting. Well, they're hurting the whole society, but they're certainly hurting the minorities whom they tell resent the white, resent white success, not emulate it. As I said, you have this on a micro level, undoubtedly, in your family. Did you ever notice that the more successful never resent the less successful? Never. All resentment goes in the other direction. You, you did well. I have to crush you. Not I have to take the good traits that you have utilized to make a better family life, a better cultural life. I will tear you down. That way we can be even. Not I will elevate me, or I will elevate groups that have not been elevated. That's what that's what the left is doing to non, non-whites, but not all non-whites. Asians do better than whites. That's the irony. Maybe you find out what traits Asians have. They commit very little crime. They have stable family lives. They do professionally well. They do financially well. How, how about learning from this? Not just the white thing. Why, why don't they speak about Asian privilege? 1-8 Prager 776. 877-243-7776. Again, the genius of the Ten Commandments. All the moral principles of the tablet of, that is the laws between man and man, murder, adultery, honesty, theft, all rest on the resentment issue. Commandment 10. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free every single day, become a member of Pragertopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at Pragertopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.